HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hearst Ranch, grass-fed beef raised on California's central coast. Now available online through Larder Meat Company. Learn more at hearstranch.com. This week on Meet and 3, we head into the second part of our mini-series on global trade, where we talk about all things sweet, from chocolate and sugarcane to the cultural festival that accompanied the growth of the date industry in the U.S. They're using this romance and fantasy to say dates are exotic and you should consume them. I like to think of the food that we eat as archaeological artifacts, in part because the history of humanity is in the stands in your produce market. It's not like other foods. We have very like, personal feelings about chocolate. Tune in to Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katema, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi iwame nizakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guests today are Mark Matsumoto and Maki Ogawa. Mark and Maki host a popular English cooking show called the Bento Expo, produced by NHK, which is Japan's national broadcaster. They teach a global audience how to make great bento boxes. The show is so popular that it's now in the fifth season. Also, Mark and Maki recently published a fascinating cookbook about Japanese-style bento. The book is called Ultimate Bento, Healthy, Delicious, and Affordable 85 Mixed and Matched Bento Box Recipes. And in, in addition to 85 recipes, there are useful tips about how to pack a bento, um, bento box with step-by-step images, which I found very useful, and food safety, useful gadgets, etc. So today we'll discuss why Japanese bento is unique, why bento is so important in Japanese culture, how to make a delicious and nutritious bento boxes, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan Needs is available on the Heritage Video Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify, uh, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Needs. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. 
Now let's start a conversation with Mark Matsumoto and Maki Oka. Hello, Mark. Hello, Maki. Welcome to the show.、Mm-hmm. Hello, Kiko. How are you? Hi. Very good. So, so sorry you're staying up so late. It's midnight, but.、Uh, <laughs> early. <should> be... Early. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. So, first of all,、uh, we'd like to get to know you. So,、uh, first, Mark, you were born in Japan but moved to the US when you were very young. And、uh, now you are a very successful chef in Japan. And so, could you feel the blank in between? I heard that.、Uh, That your career includes internet marketing specialist for Netflix. And it sounds like a lot happened <laughs>、yeah. in your life so far. Yeah, I, was,、uh, I guess I was a little bit all over the map, quite literally, and,、uh, and within my career. So, yeah, I was born in Japan,、uh, but my mom had come back、uh, home to her parents' house to have me. And so, as soon as she could put me on a plane,、uh, we moved back to the US. So, I grew up in the Bay Area, and、uh, my mom taught Japanese cooking there. So, I think from a pretty young age, I was kind of her, her Sue and helped her out.、Um, so, I, I really enjoyed cooking from,、uh, from the time I was pretty young. But I also really loved gadgets and technology and games and whatnot. And so, I ended up working in the tech industry in, in Silicon Valley. And,、uh, and that's how I ended up in, in New York for a number of years、uh, with work. I ended up getting recruited out to a company there.、Um, but when I first moved to New York, I literally didn't know anybody in the city. And、uh, so it was,、uh, I'd throw dinner parties out of my little shoebox apartment in downtown Manhattan、uh, and have people over. And they'd always ask me, like, how did you make that dish? And my answer was always, I don't use recipes. So, <laughs> I started my food blog, norecipes.com, back in 2007 to kind of document these meals that I made for my friends. And that kind of developed into its own thing. And I ended up leaving my day job in, in uh, tech uh, to become a full time food blogger in 2009.、Uh, realized that I wasn't going to be paying a mortgage off the of <laughs> blogger income. And,、uh, and so I started working as a private chef in New York.、Um, And when I moved out to Japan in 2011 to kind of get in touch with my roots and explore the food scene out here,、um, I just I, I loved it. I mean, the food's amazing here. And it's not just Japanese food, but you can get food from around the world.、Uh, and so, you know, here almost,、uh, well, exactly <laughs> 10 years later, I'm still here and,、uh, and really enjoying it out here. Wow, that's a magical story. So, you were not formally educated at any culinary school, but your mother had the culinary school. So, that was really the formal training to get exactly. to. Exactly.、Wow. Yeah, I went to the, the culinary school of mom. So, I, I, I cooked as a hobby really from the time I was a kid、um, through college. And、uh, I, I actually also used to throw dinner parties. Uh, in college, because I was working full time in, in the tech industry then, didn't have a lot of time to socialize. So, on my days off, I'd cook, invite people over, and get them to bring friends. And that's kind of how I expanded my network. So, that sort of、mm. carried on to my time in New York. Wow. I wish I was、uh, your college friend.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what about you, Maki? So, you are known as a bento artist、uh, who introduced the modern Japanese style bento to the world through your social media and books. And、uh, so, what is your background and how did you become a creative bento chef?、Um, when I was young, I studied English to be a translator. At that time, I had a job that had nothing to do with cooking. 
I think it must be 15 or 16 years ago, as part of my English study, I posted a cute bento photo which I made for my son on social media with English caption. That was the start of this. Wow. <laughs> so your sons made you a chef? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.、Um, well, I, I read、uh, something about. The kind of related episode. So I heard that you started making bento boxes for your, one of your sons who were not very good at making friends when he、yeah. was at the kindergarten. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. so that's、um, why、uh, you started to make、uh, very cute yes. bento boxes. Yes, he, he didn't want to go kindergarten without me crying and cry every morning. So I started to make him, I started making cute bento for him. <laughs> and he decided. I'll be happy today. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right.、Um, yeah, we're going to、uh, tell,、um, tell you, the listeners,、uh, where to go on social media. But、uh, by the way, it's,、uh, I'll tell you now、um, uh, Maki's Instagram is、uh, at cutebento.、Um, mm-hmm. Oh, right. So, cute or bento. So, C is bento. Yes. Oh, bento. Yeah, bento is bento, but we in Japan say obento, put some more politeness. Yeah,、oh. obento is a popular、um, term. Anyway, so,、um, so as I said in the introduction, you host a popular TV show called the Bento Expo on NHK, which is、uh, the Japanese public broadcaster. And,、uh, and you teach a global audience how to make bento boxes. So, how did you meet and start working together? Well,、um... It was actually, the show was a kind of a once a year special that featured bentos that were kind of sent in from around the world.、Um, it was a really sort of interesting thing.、Um, I was actually a guest host on that show、uh, early on, and then Maki、uh, had her bento featured on the show.、Um, so, you know, it was like before we had actually officially met, but when they decided to turn the show into a regular series,、uh, they wanted, you know, two hosts that could both host and also cook. Uh, on the show, and, and、uh, Maki and I were asked to, to host the show together. So we've been working together for five seasons now.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You must have been really well together at the, I mean, the beginning because they decided to just continue for a full season. Yeah. You know, I think、um, at, at early on, it was,、uh, the seasons were like six ep- episodes.、Um, <laughs> so they're, they're pretty short. And like every season, they kept tacking on sort of extra episodes. and... Um, and I think the big change was last year they started broadcasting it here in Japan.、Uh, so it went from NHK World, which is their English language broadcasting that goes across the world, to the local、uh, NHK here in Japan in Japanese. So we're actually dubbed. It's kind of funny because Maki and I are, are talking in English on the show and they've dubbed it in Japanese、uh, <laughs> for the Japanese audience. So it's on right after the noon news on Tuesdays here.、Um, so it's. Before that, it was kind of where it kind of flew under the radar here in Japan. But,、um, you know, I don't know about Maki, but there, I get a lot of、uh, like contacts from just random people that have seen me on the show、uh, here in Japan. <laughs> That's funny.、Um, well, that means that was, the show is really great that、um, your audience is widened back to the Japanese audience. So, yeah, it's just the bento. I think culture is becoming more popular too overall. Yeah,、um, I mean, it's been something that's been here for a very long time. But,、um, but I think, you know, in Japan, there's sort of a lot of ideas about what a bento is. And I think, you know, in our show, we try to present,、um, you know, obviously、um, sort of 
have the spirit and the the idea and the thought behind a Japanese style bento, but we try to make it in a way that's accessible to audiences all around the world. So for people watching in Japan, it's kind of interesting because you know it's a new take on classics like hamburg or karaage uh, that they can try out um, here in Japan as well. Mm, right. Um, well. By the way, so why do you think bento is becoming more popular lately? Do you know? Do you have any idea? Uh, around the world? Uh, no, actually in Japan, I think. I mean, in the world too, but... Okay, so curious. maybe I'll take the world part and then Maki can take the in Japan uh, part. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think around the world, I mean, for me um, personally, like I started making bento when I lived uh, back in New York and it was around three things. It was uh, portion control. Um, you know, it's really easy to go to like a corner bodega and just pick up way too much food. Uh, so like I, I think in terms of, um, you know, controlling your diet and how much you eat, a bento box has a certain amount of food that you can pack into it. And especially Japanese bento boxes are pretty small. So, um, I th you know, I think it's a, it's a great way to limit the amount of food that you eat at one time. It also, to make, you know, a beautiful bento, you want to include a lot of different colors uh, in it. So it's, you know, it presents beautifully. And you know what they say about eating the rainbow, you get sort of different... Uh, micronutrients and macronutrients in the different colors foods. So I think it's a way to eat a very balanced meal. And then the, the last thing is to save money. So I think, you know, sort of eating healthy and saving money are things that uh, that interest a lot of people around the world. Um, and then there's obviously the Japanese cultural aspect of it as well. Right. So, so that's the global part. And uh, what about uh, Maki? What do you think about Japanese market? Why is uh, bento so popular now? Mm. As Mark said, I'm sorry, I can't explain that in English. Can I tell that in Japanese? Sure, I can translate. Mark said that in Japan, quantity of meals using by, by using a bento box good for diet. Mm. Right. So, so basically, so Mike said, what's well, just the same thing about what's happening in Japan and the world, and uh, economically and for health. And so, sorry, Mike, I think I, I missed your last part. Since you cannot nutrition, control. Nutrition? Uh, um, I can control my quantity of my of meals by using a bento box, good for diet. Right. So, and also in Japan, if you go to... Um, say like special specialized stores or department stores there's so many beautiful bento boxes that can separate each food um as intact and keep warm or it's just they're so creative about making the bento boxes um, themselves so that's another uh, beauty of japanese style bento um okay so um so why do you think we should make bento wherever you are like you know it's just uh, it takes time right but the health and the money and uh yeah so i mean i think i think there's there's the health component there's the financial component but there's also um there's also um sort of a sense and i think maybe maki can speak a little bit more about this but 
Um, I think it's, a, you know, in Japan, it's a way for、uh, mothers or fathers to show, you know, their, their love for their children or their spouses、uh, to, make, to make a bento. I think there's a, there's a lot of、um, uh, love and feeling that's packed into it. It's not just, you know, something that you picked up at the store and threw in a bag and give to your kid.、Um, there's a lot of thought and preparation that goes into it.、Mm, that's a great point. Because I think.、Um... Yeah, it's a very important part of、so、onigiri, like, you know, rice balls and bento boxes. They are two things that Japanese mothers put their heart and love and soul into some physical matter. So I think that's one big essence of Japanese bento concept. All right. And、uh, so, listeners, we all should make bento.、Uh, it's healthy, it's economical, and you can put,、uh, communicate love to what we're making for. Or even to yourself. And it's fun to make,、um, which we're going to talk about in a moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so,、um, so, by the way, what is the history of bento in Japan? So, you know, I think it's, it's really with any country, you know, when like historically, you know, people went out to work in the fields or went out to the forest or, or wherever, but, you know, you're, you're, you'd go somewhere to work and then、um, you might not return home. In time for lunch, and it's not like there are restaurants or you know, fast food places <laughs> down the street. So you have to pack what you, what you would eat、uh, you know, while you're away. So、um, you know, this, this, I think, is, not a, a, is a concept that, that happened everywhere. And so in, in Japan, a lot of times what that was was onigiri,、um, you know, rice balls with maybe some pickles wrapped in a, a bamboo leaf,、uh, and you took that with you.、Um, and you know, starting around 800 years ago, that sort of、um, shifted to、um, something a little bit more higher class where they were packing、um, uh, foods into wooden and lacquered jubako,、um, sort of the stackable boxes,、uh, to take on picnics to, uh, uh, for, for hanami,、um, which is the flower viewing in spring to view the, the cherry blossoms.、Um, and so I think you know, it kind of developed on from there.、Mm, right. So, yeah, we, well, Japan has a long history, but it's really、uh, Bento's history is really long. And、um, I read something fun. So,、um, there's one of the episodes of a Bento, but it is said that、uh, the famous shogun, Nobunaga Oda, in the 16th century, had people with Bento boxes at his castle. Like, you know, it's a treat people, it's a symbolic act to take care of people. And,、uh, Even going back to like fifth century, you know, people are hunting hawks. And then to bring、um, the feet of the hawks, you know, you need a bag. And then they just turn that bag for their own bento. That was the long <laughs> history. And um, also, um, yeah, like you said, it, you know, the hanami bento, that's、uh, one of the very cultural and symbolic、um, activities. And also during the Edo period, Uh, from 17th, 19th centuries, when civil wars ceased and the general public enjoyed fun occasions like picnics and theater going, bento was really a must item, which hasn't changed much. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, and then it you know, developed on from there to become、uh, you know, Makunoichi bento、um, during、uh, performances. It was something that was served、uh, to the guests during sort of the, the later Edo period. Um, you know, and that's kind of where it really developed into something, into almost an art form, where it was
Uh, there's a lot of uh, thought put into it and um, you know, presenting different dishes with different textures and colors and flavors. Um, so you have sort of a fun variety um, packed into a, a compact space. Mm, right. So it's slightly more than a sandwich uh, in a brown bag. Um, it's like a cultural context is so rich and bento is really important and I'm so glad you're featuring it to, um, to the world. Exactly. And I, you know, I think a bento is sort of a perfect encapsulation of the cultural here, of the culture here in Japan. Um, you know, it reflects a lot of sort of cultural concepts here, like omotenashi. You know, it's that, the idea of the Japanese uh, uh, hospitality. Um, and I think, you know, presenting your guest with a, a beautifully prepared bento box was a form of omotenashi. Um, you know, the, even the way things are arranged, so the, the colors and the balance of, of different ingredients, different textures, I think it's very, um, you know, aesthetically Japanese. Um, there's the concept of shun, you know, the seasons, uh, where, you know, the ingredients that are available in fall, like, you know, mushrooms and, uh, and whatnot are included in, in you know, in, um, in spring, you get uh, takenoko and, you know, sort of uh, uh, bamboo shoots, uh, different uh, uh, greens and things that kind of crop up during spring. So I think um, these are all things that are integrated uh, into the bento. So it's, it's a good representation of the culture here. Mm, right. Um, by the way, um, I heard that uh, uh, why bento became so popular in Japan, one of the reasons is very um, uh, technical because we use Jap- Japonica rice, which is stickier than uh, indica, that's like long rice, but the Japanese one is stickier and shorter. That keeps the shape without, you know, any um, kind of like uh, dryness. And also, it doesn't require much sauce, like where like India indica uh, rice. That's uh, like in Indian curry, they need the sauce to taste. But in Japonica rice, you don't need that. So it's a very convenient um, kind of vehicle to yeah. bring the taste. That's actually really interesting. I, I hadn't heard that before, but it makes sense because Japonica has a much higher ratio of, uh, of amylopectin to amylose. Uh, those are the two types of starches. And so when you have more amylopectin, it creates that sort of stickier texture. And when it cools, it doesn't retrograde as fast as, um, as indica rice, um, which is when you know, rice gets a little bit crunchy when it gets stale. So you're able to cook it ahead of time and store it uh, like in a, in a bento box or shape it into an onigiri and, and take it with you. And it doesn't end up getting stale quite as quickly. Mm, right. And it stays shiny and looks good too. So. Exactly. And tastes good. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> right. So, uh, so bento plays, as we said, uh, an important role in Japanese culture. So what are the most common occasions that people eat bento? I mean, you already mentioned the hanami, but other occasions you can think of? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, any occasion where you're, where you're leaving the house, whether it's you're going to, to school, you're going to work, you're going on a train trip. Um, you know, I think um, Ekiben is a whole other sort of sub, subculture there. Um, and then obviously, you know, picnics, things like that. But I mean, these days you can pick up bento, you know, anywhere from like a supermarket to a department store to even like 7-Eleven, a convenience store down the street. So um, I think a lot of people here, um, especially you know, if, they're, um, if they don't have a big family, if it's just you know, a single person or, or um, elderly uh, couple, um, they eat it kind of almost like a frozen dinner in the US. You know, it's a convenience food that you can pick up that's beautifully presented, is nutritionally balanced, and that tastes pretty good. 
Right. So, unlike Blue Apron, you don't have to do anything. You can just buy and <laughs> open、exactly. the, the lid. You can eat the whole thing without any work.、Um, yeah. And one thing, when I went to Kyoto and I spoke to Kyoto's chefs, I was surprised that, you know,、um, there's a term, shidashi bento. It's a, kind of like catering, but it's in the style of bento. So, it's a big part of、uh, their business because I think. Kyoto restaurants, where there are so many、uh, shrines and temples, there, you know, funerals, weddings, all those、um, events are connected to restaurants. And、uh, Shidashi Bento is a big business, which I didn't, I grew up in Tokyo, so I didn't have that idea. But Bento really goes into、uh, cultural parts that's like, you know, funerals and weddings. And, that's a、uh, good point. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's in a form factor that's easy to deliver, so. That、right. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and、uh, you don't have to have a chef. It's already made. You, can, you need a card, and then whenever it's ready, it's served. So that's a really interesting concept for business. And I think、um, hopefully in some other parts of the country, I mean, in the world, they, they come up with this more healthy bento culture. Everywhere. Well, and, and I think that you, we see it happening with, with、uh, the coronavirus, where you know, a lot of restaurants are switching to delivery. And so you're, you're finding that you know, places that weren't traditionally doing delivery、um, outside of Japan, like a lot of restaurants in Japan actually surprisingly do delivery, have done delivery for a very long time. But you know, in the US, you didn't really hear about、uh, Michelin star places、uh, doing delivery, but it's not so unusual now. Mm, that is a great point. Yeah, so COVID is、uh, the flip side of COVID. There's so many, but、um, one good part of it, there could be more opportunities for beautiful bento boxes for many reasons. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's changed the industry and it's changed a lot of the, the, the business models or it, it, out of necessity.、Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, right now everybody's doing delivery, but how that evolves、um, going forward. You know, some businesses may find that that is a, a you know, beyond the physical restaurant, that they can also continue to do delivery、um, and uh, expand their, their market.、Mm, right. So we've been discussing this,、uh, like, You know, uniqueness of Japanese bento culture. But、uh, so, Mark, you have bicultural vantage point to Japanese culture. So, wha- what do you think is unique about Japanese bento culture from your perspective? Well, you know, I, I think I, I,、um, I addressed it a little bit earlier, but,、um, but I think it really encapsulates and it's a reflection of the greater culture here in Japan. So, you know, if you want to learn more about Japan, it's a great place to start because it's You, know, you see the food culture in it, you see the, the culture of omotenashi or the hospitality in it, you see the culture of eating seasonally, you see,、um, you know, and, and with a lot of more modern bentos, there's this、um, sort of kawaii culture, it's the, you know, the cuteness.、Um, so, with the karabens and things like that,、um, you see、uh, sort of that culture in it. There's also this, this concept of,、um, you know, in Japan, I think.、Um, There are, it's sort of a melting pot of foods from around the world.、Um, so, you know, whether you're talking about kare rice from England or tempura from Portugal,、um, these are all foods that came into Japan at some point, and Japan's kind of made it its own. You know, ramen、uh, came from, from China. So, I think these are all,、um, uh, it's sort of a melting pot, and you see that also in bento as well. You see, you know, like ham, ham, hamburg steak, which is、uh, like、a, kind of like a Salisbury steak. 
um, was uh, you know a culture bought, brought in from uh, from the U.S. Uh, well, from Germany via the U.S. Uh, but these are all kind of influences that um, that have shaped uh, food culture and, and bento culture as well. Mm, excellent. Yeah. So uh, we'll take a quick break here, um, and then when we come back, we'll discuss delve into all about those actual bentos that's just Mark mentioned. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Hearst Ranch. The Hearst family has raised cattle on California's central coast since 1865. Today, Hearst Ranch's signature product is their 100% grass-fed, completely hormone and antibiotic-free beef. The Hearst Ranches have always treated their animals with great care. Their cattle live a completely natural existence as foragers and grazers. Well-managed grazing fertilizes the land naturally sustains a seasonal rhythm to the ranches, and produces a remarkable meat whose flavor is the authentic taste of the American West. Hearst Ranch beef is available seasonally, May through August, in select whole food markets throughout California, and all year round at their retail locations in San Simeon and Paso Robles. And now, HRN listeners in Arizona, Nevada, and California can get Hearst Ranch beef delivered right to their door through Larder Meat Company. Go to lardermeatco.com and shop the 100% grass-fed box to stock your freezer with Hearst Ranch beef. That's L-A-R-D-E-R, meatco.com. Learn more about the storied history, farming practices, and conservation efforts of Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Katema, and my guests today are Mark Matsumoto and Maki Ogawa. Mark and Maki host a popular English cooking show called Bento Expo to teach how to make Japanese-style bento. And they recently published a fascinating cookbook called Ultimate Bento, Healthy, Delicious, and Affordable 85 Mix-and-Match Bento Box Recipes. So now let's talk about actual bento boxes. So... Uh, one of the most classic and popular styles bento that you mentioned earlier is uh, makunouchi. So what is it and when, when do you people eat it? So, yeah, I, sorry, I skipped ahead a little bit, but makunouchi um, like, literally is like um, intermission. Uh, you know, it's, it's between, uh, between the acts of, of a performance. And, you know, I think it started actually as a, a quick meal that people could eat uh, behind the stage, uh, and then it eventually de uh, developed into something that that the, the audience uh, would eat. And so it was basically, you know, a meal that's fit into a compact box that included a variety of foods, including you know rice and grilled fish and egg and vegetables. Um, and each food would be prepared, um, you know, with with care. So it wasn't just like you'd slice some vegetable sticks and put it in. It would be seasoned. Um, accordingly and, and separately so that you're able to enjoy sort of different textures, different flavors, and different colors uh, in your box. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's very um, visually um, attractive and also really balanced flavors, like you mentioned, um, the whole variety of food. And there's always um, 
you know, meboshi pickled、uh, plum. That's, they say, used to、uh, kill germs that's potentially coming to bento. So it's healthy and clean and uh,、um, very, uh, you know, hygienic. <laughs> yeah. And,、uh, and like, I, I think it really set the direction for how bentos、uh, evolved from there. You know, this is like a little over 100 years ago. And, you know, we've seen over the, the next 100 years. How、um, that style of bento being packed you know, with a lot of different foods has evolved into the bentos that we have today. Right. So,、um, if I'm not mistaken, like if you go to a kabuki theater or something, and then you can buy tickets, and you can, there's optionally, you can order bento, makunouchi bento too. So, it's a big part of、uh, the entertainment of the theater going、yep. too. Yep, to, the, yeah, to this day. <laughs> right. Okay, so another、uh, interesting category of bento that's ekiben,、um, which we already mentioned too. So it's a vital part of Japanese bento culture. So what is ekiben? So、um, ekiben literally means, eki means、uh, train station in Japanese, and ben is short for bento. So it literally means train station bento. And、uh, this whole culture kind of started out as train travel spread across Japan in the late 1800s.、Um, and you started to see these, um, these sort of um, uh, hubs develop around transit centers where,、uh, where people would transit from you know, trains coming from the north or from the south or the east or the west. Um, and you know, one of the, the first areas,、um, and possibly the first bento that was actually sold in the station, was at、uh, Utsunomiya Station uh, in、uh, Tochigi Prefecture, I believe,、uh, where people coming from the north would、uh, transit there to come to Tokyo.、Um, so I think that the exact date, supposedly, I don't, I don't know how accurate it is, is、uh, July 16th, 1885. Um, so, even, even to this day, apparently that's supposed to be Eki Ben Bento Day.、Um, but uh, um, so, this is、uh, kind of where, where that culture developed. And originally, it was just onigiri with pickles, like t a k u a n with pickled daikon.、Um, and、uh, you know, quickly, as train travel began to spread around Japan, people started latching onto this because you needed, you know, back in the day, it wasn't a short Shinkansen. Uh, trip between Kyoto and, and、uh, Tokyo. So, you know, you were on the train all day.、Um, and so, when you, before you boarded the train, you'd buy a meal.、Um, and I think from there, it kind of,、uh, there are different variations that developed、uh, regionally.、Um, you know, in the, the 1890s at Himeji Station, they started selling a bento box with grilled fish, egg, and vegetables in it. So, it starts to become a little bit more like the Makuno Uchi Bento.、Um, And、uh, you know, as that sort of progressed,、um, I think Japan has a very sort of hyper local, hyper seasonal cuisine.、Um, and that also became reflected in bentos. So you know, now, if you go to almost any train station in Japan, even out in the middle of nowhere, they will have a specialty bento that uses、um, ingredients that that region is known for.、Um, so it's kind of a fun way to travel around Japan and, and pick up something that you can only get. Uh, there, in theory. Although, although now, like a lot of the stations, Eki Bentos, they're, they're available in,、uh, around Japan. Right. Yeah, it's just, just by thinking about it, I get excited because, like you said, the train stations are, you know, really the place to go to, in my opinion. Like,、um, 
at right right outside the train station, there are buildings and um, full of stores, shops and stores, and you know restaurants. And there's always always a shop that features ikiben, the station bento. And、uh, what I do, like especially like you know、uh, long distance traveling by train or the shinkansen, you know bullet train, I always secure at least half an hour so that I can pick the bento. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun, and I, there's so many of them. Everything is、mm. so good,、mm. and it's、yeah. the the store is always so crowded too. Yeah,、so. I think it's a it's such a different culture because like in the U.S., like you know, you sort of dread、uh, going on a train or a plane and getting food there because it's it's going to be very expensive and not very good. But、um, but I think there there's a, such a great variety of、uh, of ekiben, and they taste. Really good, and they're not, you know, crazy expensive.、Um, you can, you know, spend five, six bucks and get a decent bento, or you know, if you want to splurge, you could spend like ten to fifteen U.S. dollars、um, and get a really nice bento. Right. Yeah. They, I think they're so competitive too. So the price is really、uh, in control、um, for us, and、uh, it's so colorful and the unique. They really try to present their、uh, local culture really beautifully. And sometimes very fun ways to to understand what's happening. So, so listeners, before you get on that train, <laughs> just go spend a half an hour to choose bento, and you're not gonna regret. Yeah, yeah. And well, like, the major stations, like in Tokyo and Osaka, they have stores that actually aggregate、uh, a bunch of different bentos from around Japan in one place. So if you're only gonna be in the big city, you can head to like Tokyo Station and. Uh, literally, find bentos from Hokkaido all the way down to Okinawa、um, sold in the stores there. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of that. <laughs> yeah, but but it's okay. Like this is so portable. It's okay, right? It's just another beauty of bento. It's portable. You can recreate exactly you can have in Hokkaido in Tokyo. So that's beautiful. <laughs> so now、uh, let's talk about caravan, which is a big deal. Uh, it's called Karaben, but the character bento is extremely popular in Japan, and Maki is the expert of it as a person <laughs> who introduced the concept of Karaben to the world.、Mm-hmm. So, what is Karaben? What is Karaben? It's my specialty, and Karaben is short for character bento.、Um, it's a bento that are designed resemble famous characters from manga, books, and more, and very popular in Japan. Right, so how cute! I cannot even explain. And、uh, <laughs> I mean, listeners, if you go to Maki's website or I mean, you just look at look up on Google "caraben,"、um, yeah, character bento, you can't believe how elaborate they are. A lot of caravans, yeah. Like, right, like a panda to、uh, Totoro、right. to Pikachu,、oh, yes. right. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like Maki is really amazing with the with the ingredients.、Oh, She's able to take you know something as simple as a sausage and、mm-hmm. and turn it into something ten different things. You know, using like a straw and a couple toothpicks and a knife, and it's like it's suddenly a you know、uh, something completely different. So、um, it's it's such a fun thing to watch.、Mm. It's fun to make.、Right. Oh yeah, so not just for your kids. That that's how you started making bento, but do you enjoy the creative process? Yeah, me, my <laughs>、yes. my son. 
Not yourself, like you, this is a process, right? It's almost like、uh, artwork. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>、um, so, well, again, I can't believe how elaborately bento caravan are made.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, it really is like you have to be an artist, but a lot of、uh, parents manage to create amazing bento boxes for、oh. their children、oh. or for themselves. So, what is the trick? What is a trick?、Um, I don't know if I can call it a trick or not. In my case, as I said before, my older son didn't want to go to kindergarten, so I started to make cute bento for him.、Um, when I started making caravan, there were no utensils or caravan books. Even so, I could continue making the cute things such a long time, not because my skills. Because my son liked it. This is the most important thing or a trick after all. Right. So that's the motivation from your someone、yes. who loved. Yeah. <laughs> And、uh, yeah, I think my mother used to make、uh, like octopus、uh, oh, sausage、yeah. <laughs> uh, shaped like octopus.、Mm-hmm. Right. And、uh, also, like, you know, cute、uh, bunny apple. And、Please. it makes you happy、um, or makes you smile. Right. And, but, but now, caravan is really, really the next level. <laughs> and、uh, when I, I just really, when I was in Japan, I looked up and then there's so many tools available to help them,、uh, parents to make, such as animal shaped molds for rice and seed hole punches. That's a really fascinating invention. And eyeball shaped picks and special scissors and tweezers. And yes, it's like a、yeah. Michelin star chef kind of、yeah. detailed you work. Can, you can get、uh, utensils in the supermarket or everywhere in Japan.、Mm. Wow. So maybe for listeners, if you get a chance to Japan after all the whole pandemic ends,、uh, <laughs> that's a good souvenir yeah, item. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Mint pinto making. Um, so, so let's talk about、uh, your new book, Ultimate Bento Healthy, Delicious, and Affordable 85 Mix and Match Bento Box Recipes、uh, from Taro. So,、um, oh, by the way, this book includes a lot of caravan、uh, tips too. So,、uh, so could you tell us、um, some of your, actually, why, first of all, why is the theme of the book and why did you write this book? So,、um... I think there's a lot of wonderful books on traditional bento out there.、Um, but you know, a lot of the ingredients can be sort of difficult to find、um, outside of Japan.、Um, or, you know,、um, I think that、uh, you know, there may be like popular bentos here in Japan, but、um, maybe they don't,、um, they don't sort of fit with the. The culinary culture outside of Japan. So, like, I wanted to create a book that、um, that really is accessible to people around the world,、uh, but it still captures the spirit of a traditional Japanese bento. So, you know, a lot of the dishes、um, are,、uh, we, we sort of have a, a nice balance of traditional Japanese bento dishes as well as sort of more modern favorites or、uh, sort of our adaptations of traditional bentos. Mm, right. Yeah, it's、uh, the concept of bento and the word bento is becoming more common. But I, 
since I read this book, it's wow, this is really something everybody should read. So, yeah, I'm so glad you did it. And uh, so, yeah, again, it's a book is about diverse collection of beautiful bento from Japanese classics to more Western style recipes. And uh, so, there are photos on how to pack success successfully. And especially, I like that the feature of, you know, step by step. First, you put this, next one, you put this to avoid, you know, some items get leaky and then miss uh, all the colors and, you know, aesthetics. But you really make everything、uh, easy to build. Yeah. And perfect. So,、down. I mean, that, that goes to like my sort of thought process behind, like, it's the same with my food blog also. Like, I don't want to give an instruction manual to make. Like, I always compare it to like an IKEA manual. A lot of recipes are like, you know, you go buy a desk at IKEA and it, Gives you a manual step by step how to make that specific desk, but it doesn't make you a furniture maker. And what I want to help people with,、um, with my recipes, whether it's in the book or on the blog, is to help、um, teach techniques and sort of the underlying reasons for why you do things so that you're able to mix and match them and apply them、uh, in different situations. So you don't have to you know, make the exact same bento that. That、uh, Maki or I made, and you can kind of adapt it to your own tastes and you know, take the side dish from this bento and then use the fruit from this one and sort of mix and match it and create your own style of bento.、Mm, so there's a room of flexibility, like, like IKEA furniture. There may be some missing、um, piece of like a screw or something, and you get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> It's a collapse when it's done. Well,、oh. but that's, that's the idea is to, to have the flexibility and to, the knowledge to be able to、um, you know, take that. Desktop from IKEA and put the table、uh, or the chair legs on it to make it、uh, a different, a different、uh, coffee table or something like that to be able to kind of hack it and, and create your own style. And that's, that's actually why, one of the reasons why I wanted to involve Maki、uh, in this book is、um, you know, she's been great to work with on the show, but she also has a very different style of making bento. She you know, makes like, these amazing caravan. Uh, and so I wanted to get her perspective in it as well. So it's not, not just、um, myself.、Mm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, the, could you give us some of your favorite recipes from the book? Sure. So,、um, you know, for me,、um, a lot of the bentos have a personal story attached to it. So it's, it's difficult to just pick one. But,、um, I think if I had to pick one, it would have to be my mom's、uh, honey lemon chicken. It was a dish that she always used to make when I was growing up.、Um, she worked full time, had a business, and was very busy, but she always found time to make us dinner.、Um, and so they're often like very sort of simple dishes, but、uh, this particular one was one that I really enjoyed. And it's basically just chicken that's been sauteed with salt and pepper、uh, with a little flour on the outside. And,、uh, and my mom used like ketchup. Uh, and brown sugar, but、uh, you know, I tried to make it a, a, little bit,、uh, a little bit healthier, and I'm using tomato paste and uh, uh, lemon and honey、um, uh, in the recipe. But it's, it's beautiful, it's bright red, it, it fits really nicely in the bento, it goes well with rice.、Um, so I think that's, that's my favorite. Maki, how about you?、Um, it must to be karage bento, as you know. <laughs> karage is my favorite and very easy to cook. And I think many different flavors in each house, and I'm sure there's no one who doesn't like it. How about you, Mark? I know you like karage. Yeah, karage is my favorite.、Um, it's, it's actually 
actually my probably my favorite dish ever. Um, it's it's on my it's definitely on my like last meal uh, request. Um, so yeah, karaage <laughs> would definitely be another one for me. Wow, yeah, I I think overall you know the fried um, food, like especially crispy one. It's very universally loved, so karaage is just one of them for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, right. who doesn't love fried chicken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, so and in addition, you have like classic uh, sukiyaki beef egg rice sandwich. It's like, ah, it looks like sandwich, but you have a special mm-hmm. way to make onigiri, uh, which I thought was fascinating. And uh, you have of course a hanami bento for cherry blossom viewing, and you have uh, also takurais bento with toppings and a half kelly rice. And uh, like, you know, like locomoka hamburg steak bento with macaroni salad. So these are the things that probably, you know, whoever haven't made a Japanese style bento, they can tackle first and have fun yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think those are things that, um, that uh, sort of reflect that sort of mix of cultures. So like taco rice is an interesting one because um, taco in Japanese means octopus, but uh, this is referring to the Western taco um, or uh, Mexican taco. Um, you know, the, down in Okinawa, there's a big uh, U.S. military presence, and they brought sort of Tex-Mex cuisine there. Um, and a uh, clever chef in Okinawa decided to take that and turn it into a donburi. So they have, a, it's a rice bowl with sort of the things that you'd normally put inside of a taco uh, on top of the rice. Um, but it makes for a great bento as well. So, um, so I in- integrated that. Um, my uh, lokomoko bento, you know, it's, it's basically a, a hamburg steak, the Japanese um, meat patty. But I put sort of a gravy on top with, uh, with some egg on rice. So it, it integrates some of um, Hawaii's culture into it as well. Um, so I think a lot of the, the recipes, they start with a base of uh, Japanese, but also have um, some other uh, influences in it as well. Mm. All right, so motivating. So um, I remember that when I was little, um, for somehow we are not going anywhere, but my mom and I decided to make bento and eat at home. <laughs> it's just the excitement of opening a bento box. I was like, wow. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. Even like the COVID, everybody is really stuck in the house. So just plan uh, some time to make bento. And uh, for a healthy meal, you can open a bento box. Like, wow, that's so cute. So healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I might it's, do that. It's that sense of anticipation. You know, you have the lid on it and you open it up and it's the big reveal um, <laughs> underneath. And I think, um, you know, the fun, the, the fun really goes both ways. I mean, obviously the person who opens it is going to be like bowled over by how beautiful it is. But for the person who makes it too, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's a great sort of creative avenue. Um, to be able to pack it in, in such a way that um, that is beautiful and, and artful and uh, and uh, it's it's rewarding in its own way. Right, I'm fully motivated now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you you go home and uh, make vento today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. Actually, I'm serious. Uh, I have to really look over, um, you know, like through your book again. Um, so now. Uh, we can, our listeners can make bento boxes home with a book, but um, if our listeners go to Japan, where is the best place to buy delicious bento boxes? So um, for me, I tend to get most of my bento boxes either online or um, at a store called Tokyo Hands, which is kind of like Home Depot meets Crate and Barrel. It's sort of a, 
um, a home center plus a kitchen store plus like it, it's got it's basically a department store full of um, sort of DIY stuff and they have a huge selection of bento boxes so um, it's a it's a great place to go but um, I also really like to support like smaller local artisans as well um, so for like my wood or lacquered bento boxes um, I, I've gotten a lot of them while I've been traveling like if I go to Kyoto there's a shop that I go to there uh, that has a really good selection of lacquered bento boxes. Um, so it's a kind of a way to, to sort of pick up a memory, you know, um, and to, to eat lunch out of it every day or occasionally. I, yeah, well, come to think of it, there's so many, like, you know, crafts, like regional crafts, like uh, one is one of them is a magyawappa. It's just, a, you know, bent uh, wood without any cutting. It's, it's just a kind of... A, uh, oval shape because it's a natural shape of bent wood, like slice of wood, and it really it gives you nice scent. Uh, this, uh, you know, just, it kind of like imparts the smell of wood to the food, and it's just one of the things. Like, yeah, that's you open the one big world of craft bento boxes. Um, yeah. Right. I, I really love Magiwapa because like you said, it does, um, it, it does add a fragrance. It's lacquered on the outside or it's not lacquered. It's um, uh, like shellacked on the outside, but on the inside, it's, it's, uh, it's not finished. So um, the, the benefit is that you get the fragrance of the wood, but also the wood absorbs the excess moisture in the bento. So um, it actually helps preserve the bento because you, you really you don't want a lot of moisture in the bento because the higher moisture content, the faster it's going to spoil. Uh, and and it, you know, like the rice will get mushy. So um, by keeping it in a wooden bento box, you're able to sort of control the humidity level inside of the bento box. Right. All right. So there are a lot. So what to eat and where you the <laughs> your food put it in that's really another world maybe you can have another episode because there's yeah. so many of them all right so uh so where can we buy your book um so i'm all about supporting local businesses so i'd first encourage you to check out your local bookstores um you know i think they're they're all struggling right now so um that would be it should be um distributed to a lot of uh even smaller bookstores in the u.s um, and if you can't find it there, uh, you can head online. All right. So big name A, <laughs> someone <Yes>. like that. <laughs> okay. So again, the book is Ultimate Bento, healthy, delicious, and affordable 85 mixed and match bento box recipes from Taro. Okay. So so listeners who are interested in uh, your English, uh, you know, English program, Bento Expo, uh, how can we watch it? So it airs on cable and satellite on NHK World. They also have um, a smartphone app that, um, that has a live feed as well. So you can watch it on your phone. And uh, they also have a bunch of episodes on demand on their website. So if you Google Bento Expo, um, you should be able to, the website should come up right away and you can go check out uh, some past episodes on demand. Mm, I really enjoyed watching some of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, great job. Thank you. <laughs> so, and also, finally, where can we find your updates online and social media? Sure. So, um, my website is norecipes.com. 
Um, I have over a thousand recipes there, ironically, uh, but you know, I gave you the backstory behind that. Um, and uh, I'm also, I have a YouTube channel, No Recipes. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those as No Recipes. Um, so yeah, look me up. Awesome. All right. Awesome. So Maki, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My account is Kuto Obento. And basically, I post it in Japanese, but sometimes in English. So, comment or request or question in English are very welcome. It must be my English study. All right. So, uh, so again, that's a Kyoto, not Kyoto Bento, Kyoto O Bento. Yeah. So, that, that's the, another polite way to say Obento. Bento's Obento. So, Kyoto O Bento, Kyoto Bento. Bento. All right. So, Mark, Maki, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Thank you for thank having you. us on. Thank you so, so much. So, maybe, yeah, please come back again. Um, so, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese.heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatayama.com. Japan Needs is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. I engineered Aman Wong, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Japan Needs is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization. Driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.